Hello and welcome to Destination Draft Day, your one-stop shop for all things college football, NFL draft, and just NFL football in general. Today, going to be more focusing on the college football and Big Ten at that. So we're going to talk about you know predictions for the Big 12, uh, things that are going to be happening this season, storylines to follow, teams that should be in for a big season, the top prospects, and some sleeper prospects as well. First and foremost, though, going to introduce Nick Durst, the co-host. And Nick, how's your weekend? Weekend was good. Spent some good family time, played some softball, and we're all complaining are back to the week, but you know, everybody's working for the weekend. So how was your weekend? It's going pretty well. A uh, lot of family in town this weekend. Had a nice little Father's Day celebration. Going to be a busy house this whole week, but definitely should be an enjoyable week for sure. Absolutely. So first and foremost, before we dive into it, Jameson Crowder restructures his deal, takes a little bit of a pay cut to stick around with the New York Jets. In your opinion, do you see this as a potential anchor down on Elijah Moore's value? I know in in terms of fantasy, he's been getting a lot of hype for this entire season. A lot of people saying that he's the guy to get. But now Jameson Crowder there, Corey Davis already there, Denzel Mims obviously uh, there's even been talks that Keelan Cole is getting some love from the coaching staff. Do you think that maybe maybe Elijah Moore's rookie season isn't going to be as hyped as expected? I would say buyer beware uh, when it comes to drafting more, just because you mentioned all those veterans out of there, and I'm sure Wilson will maybe lean on the veterans a little more. So in the early on, the early going, and coaches might encourage him to you know, spend more time with them in training camp. So, yes, I think buyer beware, but it should still have a pretty decent season, Um, you know, which maybe, you know, if if you look at it, maybe you're going to say, oh, I'm disappointed, but really, when's the last time any Jets wide receiver really had that much success? So new regime here. We'll see if if things are different. Absolutely. And, you know, that's all pretty much for NFL news, a little bit of a quiet, week there's been some small stuff but nothing crazy but we're talking big 12 today and i tell you what this is a conference to be excited about looking at it from a prospect perspective you know it's going to be a little crazy we're going to pull it up right now and you can sense a little bit of a common theme oklahoma iowa state pretty much all it is now that doesn't mean that some of these other teams don't have prospects that doesn't mean some of these other teams aren't going to be competitive but right now, in my eyes, the Big 12 is a two-team race between Oklahoma and Iowa State. So let's dive into it. At the quarterback position, Spencer Rattler, consensus top QB in this class right now, talked about for his tremendous arm talent, great mobility, ability to just make plays both with his legs and just live arm. You wonder about some of the off-field question marks. You know, it's been highly touted that this guy has issues off the field with ego and stuff because – that is something that's going to be part of his draft process. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I haven't met Spencer Rattler, but I, I think it's mostly just kind of overstated because he was kind of an ego on the QB show whenever he was in high school. I mean, it's been four years since then, so I don't know if it's much of a big deal. But, you know, for Spencer Rattler on the field, I think there's question marks about – just overall ability to process and just make safe plays. Too many times he likes to risk it, throw the ball deep, try to really push his boundaries. And does that mean that, you know, he's 
definitely going to fail because he does this? No, absolutely. I, I like the aggressiveness, but at the same time, he's got to find a way to limit it and just create some more safer plays. Some more technique could obviously help. He started out the season very cold for Oklahoma, had some issues, even you know found himself getting benched mid-game sometimes. But he really bounced back. That second half of the season, there was arguably no better quarterback in college football than Spencer Rattler, and he's going to be a big part of Oklahoma's season. If he can put the, if he can put it all together for a full year, then we'll be talking about this guy as a number one pick, but we'll also be talking about Oklahoma as a possible national champion. At running back, Brees Hall out of Iowa State, the true junior, really put the Iowa State offense on his back last season. A great runner, has some nice power, some nice shiftiness, really well-rounded as a running back. There's a lot of talented running backs in this conference. You know, Eric Gray just committed to Oklahoma from the transfer portal. I think he's a guy to watch. There's some other very talented running backs in this conference as well that we'll talk about whenever we get to the sleeper page. But really, what Brees Hall does for Iowa State and just for this overall offense is absolutely huge. I don't think it can be stated enough just how important a great run game can be at the college football level. And Matt Campbell has done a phenomenal job, but Brees Hall really deserves so much credit for this offense, and I think he's going to be a big part of this upcoming season as well. At wide receiver, we got Xavier Hutchinson, a size guy that is going to really – catch the attention of many when it comes to this season. I think he really provides just so much out of the wide receiver spot, 6'3", 207 pounds. And really, I think what's most impressive was his season last year, despite maybe the uh, sporadic passing attack, 64 catches, 771 yards, and four touchdowns. I think he's just going to continue to grow that as he should. And really, there's just going to be so much to be intrigued by when it comes to Hutchinson. I think another strong year could have this guy talking about a maybe late first round or day two type pick. I think right now the safe range is that day two range, but a good season. Who knows? He could fly up boards at the tight end position. We got Austin Stogner Jr. out of Oklahoma. He is six, six, but moves around with ease has the effort to be a blocker. I think he needs to add a little bit more to his frame, just become a little bit more physical. But today's tight ends are getting a little bit more thin, a little bit more athletic, and Stockner really fills that bill. Um, he's absolutely someone that I think could be the top tight end off the board if, if really the season goes as well as people are expecting out of him. Obviously, there's plenty of talents across the nation. Jalen Watermeyer is completely hyped uh, as one of the best tight ends in this class, and I think is very well warranted. You look at Greg Dolchich out of UCLA. I've talked about him plenty. But Stogner is very much in the running and could be a guy when it comes to it. So keep an eye on that Oklahoma offense, especially Stogner at the tight end position. And on the offensive line, I'm a huge fan of Tyrese Robinson. There are plenty of players on this Oklahoma offense that are going to be getting hyped. But Tyrese Robinson is my favorite piece on the offensive line. I think he really is just a tremendous blend of run blocking and pass blocking. He doesn't give up ground. He just completely wins. He has a great frame, really just consistently dominant on the offensive line, and he makes his presence known. Uh, talking about that frame, 6'3", 326 pounds. He moves well for his size as well. Just because he's 330 pounds doesn't necessarily mean they slow. I think he moves well. He really gets upfield or keeps his ground. Even when he loses the initial punch, he has a phenomenal anchor to really keep his – protection in place and really win the matchup 
there's been talk about Marquise Hayes as well on that offensive line. There's some hype for Wanya Morris who's transferring in. That Oklahoma offensive line should be very talented this year, but my favorite of the batch is Tyrese Robinson. Nick. Yes, obviously there, Michael. You're very high on Oklahoma. Uh, three Oklahoma guys there. Rattler is in a, a great spot to succeed. Obviously, we know uh, you know what that coaching staff does with quarterbacks and getting them in the Heisman conversation. So perhaps Rattler has a breakout year. Uh, I think a lot of what you see this season will determine his his pro prospects. Right now, I'm not sold on him. I'm not really sure, you know, if he's the best of the bunch as far as if I was drafting a quarterback here. I think there's some better options on the on the board. But you know, what do you? Where do you go into this this summer here? Uh, where do you have Rattler as far as you know your QB tier, so to say? Yeah, I think right now, if I were to start a QB on day one, I'd probably lean towards Sam Howell. I think he offers a little bit more polish as a passer. But at the same time, if I were projecting who's going to be the better QB down the line, who's going to be the number one pick, I'd probably lean Rattler because really there's just so much talent there. And the way he ended the season proved a lot in terms of what he is really truly capable of. And as long as he continues to grow with that, and I think he should with Lincoln Riley, then there really is no ceiling on the guy. And he could be talked about as one of the higher prospects, not just for this class, but just one of the higher prospects in recent memory. I don't think he's going to surpass like a Trevor Lawrence, but I think we could be talking about where we're saying, well, Rattler, in my opinion, you know, goes above some of the other QBs taken last year outside Lawrence, or maybe talked about for the years prior where maybe he's viewed higher than a guy like Joe Burrow, who put together a really polished season that really showed plenty of pro readiness. And, while Rattler probably won't reach that same level of pro readiness as Burrow, I do think that we could talk about the physical tools and just overall ability in such a shining light if he is truly able to continue to grow in his game. Was there any, you know, other, obviously he's your, is your top QB here. Uh, anybody else in contention in the, in the, the conference or is it him head and shoulders above the rest? Yeah. I mean, there's guys that I like in this class that come from the big 12 but at the same time, I think it was a pretty clear lead by Spencer Rattler to really be the top Big 12 QB. I think next in line for me would probably be Spencer Sanders out of Oklahoma State. Uh, there's plenty of hype around there for Brock Purdy. I'm not necessarily as sold on him, but you know a strong bounce back season could get him in that drafted range. We'll see what happens. But yeah, for, for right now, the Big 12 race at QB is Spencer Rattler and then a large gap. Well... He's not eligible, I don't believe, you know, for the draft this year. But you know, what what's the the situation going on with Jaden Daniels at Arizona State? You know, last year going into the season, he was extremely hyped. Uh, didn't necessarily play up to potential. Um, didn't you know start all the games? But what what are you expecting here from Jaden Daniels over the next two seasons to get his draft uh, prospects up, if any? Yeah, so I think he is eligible now. I think he's entering his third season, and he's someone that could potentially make some great plays. He has some very nice moments where he shows great arm talent. He is obviously working with some staff that, I mean, assuming Arizona State doesn't fire their entire staff for the recent allegations that have been going on with COVID protocol and all that, uh, then he should be learning under the right people. And, you know, last season, I think he took a little bit of a dip with – just 
accuracy as a whole. And hopefully he grows in that. But at the same time, it was such a weird season for him. Uh, really didn't get a lot of passing in. Only had two games with over 20 passes. So Jaden Daniels is definitely someone to watch. And I think with a nice bounce back season, we could be talking about him as someone that could be in for, you know, some, some impressive stock talk. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, now, I like uh, Hutchinson here. I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, definitely coming. He's coming back for a senior season. Top dog in the conference. And you know, I think if all goes well for him, he could potentially be drafted in the middle of the first round if everything goes perfectly. Yeah, he's he's definitely showed some very nice skill sets that I think could potentially get him some love as the season goes along. Uh, really, it's just going to come down to how that Iowa State team responds after what was already a strong season. A lot of them, in their minds, they are not trying to lose the Big 12. They felt that they could have beaten Oklahoma last year, and now this is their chance to really come back and get revenge. Really, I think Oklahoma takes it, but it's a, it's a situation where Iowa State has a major chip on their shoulder, and we could see uh, a great game for sure. Yeah, looking forward to it. You know, They were very good last year, and – People are saying they were going to win the the Big 12 uh, and certainly could be considered a contender here this season. Absolutely. And, you know, looking at their schedule for Iowa State, it's not too bad. They got to beat Iowa in week two, which I think will be a big matchup. But after that, you know, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, I think are two games that could be a little bit competitive. But that 11-20, November 20th against – Oklahoma is going to be the big circled game on their calendar because they are looking to knock them off, not just once, but twice, because most likely you'll see them again in that big 12 conference championship. And if Iowa state can do that, then Matt Campbell deserves all the credit in the world. And they could really be in for a surprise playoff team. Yeah. I think Matt Campbell got to watch out. This could certainly be his last year coaching Iowa state. There's going to be bigger programs call for him, and you know there's already been some chatter this past offseason about the pros wanting him as well. Absolutely, and now we move on to the defensive side of the ball. At defensive line, Perrion Winfrey out of Oklahoma, a guy that really just provides so much in terms of just presence. He continuously just broke through the line. Uh, 6'3", 297 pounds, had a great frame five and a half tackles for loss out of that defensive tackle spot needs to maybe add more to his sack total only half a sack last season but really just his consistency on the line his athletic build I think is going to intrigue teams across the NFL and we're looking at Winfrey as just a key piece of this defense that has really struggled in the past for Oklahoma and has been an issue when it comes to them trying to really take that next step and really break onto the national scene as a contender. But with guys like Winfrey and some of the other guys we'll talk about, they absolutely have a chance to do that this year. At the edge position, we're talking about Will McDonald the fourth. I know, you know, there's a lot of love for Nico Benito, but for me, I'm a huge Will McDonald fan. I like his length and versatility a little bit more. Uh, I think he won more with just an overall range of moves. I think what Will McDonald brings to the table is really going to intrigue teams whenever it comes time to evaluate him. Obviously, both him and Benito produced at a huge level last year. But McDonald, 
230. You just can't pass that up. Ten and a half sacks, 13 tackles for loss in 2020, six sacks and six tackles for loss in 2019. I think he's just going to continue to get better. Maybe similar numbers in terms of production, but I think he's just going to continue to show more and more skill set and just more and more growth as a player. And for Iowa State, that's going to be huge off the edge. At the linebacker spot, we got David Ogwegbu, the junior out of Oklahoma. You know, came on really strong to end the season, but as he entered the season, it was more in a rotational role. One of the most impressive parts of his game is just his ability to move around at the size that he plays at. 6'4", 251 pounds, really just one of those massive linebackers. If you're a fan of teams like the Giants, teams like the Dolphins, teams like the Patriots, this is a guy that you keep an eye on because he fits that frame that your team really looks for in those linebacker positions. So this could be a guy that really ends up in your class for a draft prospect. Uh, He's a great run stopper, really shows nice range as a tackler. I think he's a bit stiff in coverage, and that's going to be an issue for him. Probably shallow zones at most for him. But if he can continue to grow in terms of fluidity in coverage, ability to handle shallow zones, then I think we could be looking at this guy as a prospect that legit rises up boards. Uh, In my one-round mock, I had him going to the Dolphins early. And while a lot of people aren't going to be mocking David Wegbu early in their mocks right now, I truly do think that he has the talent to where another good season of growth he could be in for a special season. At the cornerback spot, Travis Travis Hodges Tomlinson, the best slot corner in the nation in my mind, really plays the outside for TCU at 5'9", 170 pounds, just too undersized to really play the outside at the next level. But if this guy had two more inches and maybe 10 more pounds, I would be all in on him as a corner. I think he is absolutely phenomenal. Him and Noah Daniels are going to make one of the best secondaries in the Big 12 this season. Keep an eye out for Hodges Tomlinson because he is just so aggressive, so sticky in coverage. While the size is definitely going to be an issue for him, I think it's something that with a – good season, like continued dominance. I think we could be looking at this guy in the second round. Absolutely. And a team is going to find him as worth it. And he will definitely prove to be at the safety spot. We're going Ishim young out of Iowa state really was kicked out of the big 12 championship, which I think was a major loss for Iowa state and the cyclones as they played Oklahoma. We saw some issues out of the backup, strong safety position. Young is versatile, a highly touted recruit had some off the field concerns coming into the recruiting process that really caused his arc while in the recruiting process that caused the whole thing to really kind of have some turbulence, but it seems to be in the clear. Now he seems to be a great piece and leader for this Iowa state defense. I believe, you know, you're looking at what he can do on the field. He is incredibly athletic. He moves around the field with ease. I think he shows versatility to drop down and make some major hits while also still being productive in coverage. Put up 54 tackles last year, three forced fumbles, really just a hard hitter. And if you are looking for a guy that is a little bit underrated but really does all you could ask out of that split zone safety type guy, Aishim Young is a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, Michael, again, here's the story. More Oklahoma guys. It's another Iowa State guy, so you can kind of see where the power is in this conference. Now, I want to talk about Hodges Tomlinson here because he comes out of high school. He wasn't 
you know, hugely, um, you know, rated three-star recruit. He was number 15 safety in Texas, 103rd in the nation. And he was rated the 165th or 56th player overall in Texas. But this guy has showed up. He's balled out. Uh, his uncle is the Ladanian Tomlinson. So, you know, he's got some good football genes there. That's for sure. Uh, he chose TCU over Baylor, Kansas State, and Iowa State. I don't know if he was in Iowa State right now. But you know, his freshman season, he, he played in you know, all 12 games, uh, you know, impressed some people. But last year, Michael, this guy was incredible. He was, for my money, maybe the best quarterback in coverage in the league. Uh, he only allowed 12 catches on 45 targets, and he had 13 pass breakups, which led the Big 12. And he started every game. He had three pass breakups in games, multiple games over the season. I think Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. Uh, overall, he's just tremendous, and this this guy is just playing himself into a lot of money in the NFL. Absolutely. Huge fan of him. You know, size is definitely something that some people will be concerned about and maybe they drop his stock a little bit, but really there's just so much talent here. It reminds me of someone like Amik Robertson out of Louisiana Tech a few years back where he was this dominant corner, but he was just a little too undersized. I think Hodges Tomlinson is better than Robertson and similar frame. So really possible for a superstar slot corner to be someone that gets talked about all college football season. Yeah. No we also about it. have a comment from the comment section. Perry on Winfrey is named like an 1800s train conductor. So I hope he busts, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, I think Winfrey's a cool, cool name, but I, I understand the reservations on it. I don't know though. He's a, he's a menace on the defensive line. Someone that I think really could be in for a big, strong season. Now, Nick, obviously, we've seen Oklahoma reach the playoff countless times, but things just sort of fall short, whether it's the offense gets stalled by a more legitimate defense or maybe it's the defense just can't hold up against, you know, an Alabama offense. It seems like Oklahoma has the pieces in place defensively to put together a good year. It seems like this offense has the potential to go against anyone in the country. Do you think this is a – make or break season in terms of like, well, I'm, well, I guess not make or break season, but do you think this defense is strong enough to hold up at the national stage in the college football playoff? If they make it there? No, <laughs> I mean, that's just the way the big 12 is built, but there's just, there's, they got some start, some highlighted guys, but when you're playing outside the big 12, the, the offense is just so different in the way you're defending things. I mean, here, Big 12 is basically everyone's in the shotgun. You're going to you're gonna throw the ball. You know, you, you play Oklahoma, you play uh, Alabama, you play Ohio State, you play Clemson. They're going to run the ball. So it's it's very different from what you're seeing all year. Um, and I just, you know, until I do it, I'm never going to be a believer in Oklahoma to win the college football playoff. Now, outside of this Oklahoma-Iowa State graphic, pretty much, there are some very nice sleepers in this class, so we're going to talk about it. Some players that maybe aren't getting the draft attention I think they should be. And to start out, we're talking about six-year senior quarterback, Skylar Thompson out of Kansas State. Really watching him, there's some issues in terms of physical limitations. He doesn't necessarily have the strongest arm. 
but I love his pocket presence, great composure, handling pressure. He's very accurate with his football. I think it's something that really could grow as he continues to play. Um, obviously, as a six-year senior, you're not thinking about potential for some of these guys. But I do think Thompson has a lot left to prove. His fifth year, obviously, taken down due to injuries. Now, coming back for his sixth season, I think he's going to be in for a big year. I think Kansas State is going to be a little bit of a sneaky team. Kansas State beat Oklahoma when Skylar Thompson was healthy. And really, that was just a huge upset at the time. Keep an eye out for Kansas State to potentially pull off another upset this season. And we'll see what happens. They play Iowa State. They play Oklahoma. And I think they could be in for some uh, some chaos in the Big 12. At the running back spot, Letty Brown out of West Virginia is a powerful yet shifty runner. I think he really is kind of the centerpiece of that West Virginia offense and really someone that I think could be in for a big season. I look at this guy as a day two, maybe early day three type of running back. He has a great frame. He has some great burst. I really watched him uh, a lot last night just trying to fail out the rest of this graphic and he was someone that really just popped off consistently whether it's in the pass game or in the run game he was able to contribute in the run game he was able to get north and south very easily he could go east and west if you need him to but really just an aggressive runner and someone that i think will be in for a big season neil brown and the mountaineers obviously looking to continue building and i think letty brown's going to be a key piece in that at wide receiver, Eric Azukanma, <laughs> the 6'3", 220-pound wide receiver out of Texas Tech, really quite shifty at the wide receiver position. I know Texas Tech consistently has these wide receivers that seem to get day three hype and then just go undrafted. I think that we'll call him Eric Easy. I'm sorry. I just – I'm terrible at pronouncing this last name. Eric Easy, I think, is someone that really could break that spell and really be a early day three type guy. He shows nice shiftiness out of the wide receiver spot. He's got some very nice jump ball ability at that frame. You know, we could be talking about this guy as a potential just beast at the wide receiver spot. And I think there's just so much talent here that could get him into the draft cycle with a lot of hype. Redshirt Jr., obviously, Tyler Shuck is heading into Texas Tech. Texas Tech has some guys coming in from the transfer portal that could really elevate the performance, but keep an eye out for some of these returning players as well. And I think Azukuma is going to be one of them. At the tight end spot, Cade Brewer, graduate senior out of Texas, just a well-rounded tight end. I don't think there's a lot of sleeper tight ends in this class. You know, Kohler and uh, Stogner obviously are top of the line for Big 12. And then a lot of these other teams just either don't use their tight ends or just have tight ends that aren't eligible. So Kate Brewer is my guy. I think he's someone that could very well work his way into the draft because he's got some well-rounded skill sets. He's a nice blocker, but also he can move well enough to get into the passing game as well. I think this is someone that really you're looking at to be a key piece for Casey Thompson at the tight end position. And if he can put together a strong season, that will be absolutely huge for him and the Texas Longhorns. At the offensive line spot, center Derek Kirk, Kerstetter, the graduate senior out of Texas, very well-rounded type center. I think he moves well. He's got very nice size. He's someone that I think could very easily move himself into that early day three, maybe even day two if he plays well enough. Five-year senior, so obviously maybe not the greatest in terms of age, but 
He started games every season that he's been at Texas. He's a captain for the offense. He can play guard. He can play center. Needs to limit his penalties a little bit. Needs to continue to, you know, just bounce back from this injury and develop his game a little bit further. But I like what he brings to the table. And, you know, with his size, he's he's 6'4", 306. So he definitely has the frame to make it work at the NFL level. And I think he's one of the better offensive linemen for the Longhorns this season. At the defensive line spot, Ayoma Uzurike, the six-year senior out of Iowa State, 6'6", 310 pounds. And really, he doesn't look like the thin 6'6", 310 guy that you'd expect. He's very well built, and he was playing well out of that uh, defensive end spot for the Iowa State Cyclones. Really just a dominant presence on the defensive line. They have some great pieces on this front seven that could be in for a big season and Really, Ouzurike is someone that I think could be in for a big season as well, just in terms of draft stock. He's got some very nice uh, just power moves that I think win him uh, matchups on the line consistently. And if he can continue to contribute for that Cyclone defense, then we're looking at Iowa State really having a dominant defense heading into the season, which would be huge for them. At the edge spot, I look at Trace Ford out of Oklahoma State. Watching him, I'm surprised that he was listed as light as he was. He looks like someone that's going to be, you know, 260, 270. But really, he's listed in as 250 pounds, um, 6'3". Someone that I think still just consistently won at the line with power, with bend, with ability to get around the edge as well as he did. Oklahoma State is definitely going to be a team that has plenty of question marks with all their lost pieces, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, and then on the defensive side of things, they lost some very strong pieces as well. Guys like Trey Ford, who are young but proven talents, need to step up and really help this defense take that next step, and I think he absolutely will. At the linebacker spot, D. Winters out of TCU, a very fast, speedy linebacker, 220 pounds, so maybe not the, uh, the exact guy that you'd want in terms of speed, but I think he offers plenty. He's... Six foot, 223 pounds, runs around 4'6", in my opinion, 4'6", 5". I think he gets around the field extremely well, has great range, makes some tackles well out of his frame. This is a guy that I think fits the modern mold of the linebacker position. And with another strong season, I think that we'll see this guy really get a lot of love in the draft cycle. Very rangy as a player. And just think that he really shows all you could ask out of a linebacker. Now, What's going to happen for his draft stock is going to come down to how well he continues to grow his game this season. Because of those undersized linebackers, I feel like there's a lot of hesitancy with him, even though it may be more modern for the NFL. So if he continues to show that range, continues to be a great tackler, and continues to develop his game, then we could be talking about this guy as a first-rounder. And I, I legitimately think that. Now, will it happen? It's risky. I, I'd say the odds are more likely to be not a first-rounder than they are to be, but he has the potential to do so. And if you're looking for a guy that could really help out in the front seven as a just pure athlete but still just a consistent player, D. Winters absolutely is a great fit for that. At the cornerback spot, we're talking about Malik Dunlap, number 24 for North Carolina State, now transferring to Texas Tech. And we talked about already Texas Tech is bringing in a bunch of transfers to this defense and Dunlap, I think is the best of the batch. He is just physical at the cornerback spot. Six, three just offers tremendous size. And I think he's someone that really offers nice fluidity as well. Now, will he continue to have some issues with 
foot speed, you know, getting juked out sometimes. Yeah, I think that's something that he needs to continue to work on. But he's physical. He makes plays. And really, I think I love his instincts as a corner. He plays the ball well. That doesn't just mean interceptions, but he just makes sure to close out a lot of catch windows. And I think that's absolutely huge for the cornerback position. And then for the last spot, safety, Chris Adamora Jr. out of Texas is someone that I think is just going to be a star for the Texas Longhorns this season. Really, a lot of guys in that Texas defense, DeMarvian Overshone is obviously someone that I think is going to get a lot of love as well. But if you are looking for Texas defensive backs, there's plenty this season. But Adam Mora is someone that I am just absolutely high on, someone that I think is going to really just dominate this season and get his name well out there, you know, offers tremendous size for what he can do as well. I think there is plenty of concern about this Texas team, but that secondary with Adam Mora, who's 6'1", 214 pounds, by the way, going to be a true junior. He just consistently makes plays, can play, can drop down to the slot, can play out of that strong safety spot, can really play in the box when needed. I don't know. There's there's just so much you can say about this guy, and I really do think that he's going to be one of the higher-regarded defensive backs in this class. And now from the sleeper prospects to predictions for the Big 12, talked about a little bit and kind of indicated with the top prospects page, I got Oklahoma versus Iowa State in the conference championship. Oklahoma getting the top seed. Player of the year, I'm going Spencer Rattler. I think he's going to be in for a big season. Plenty of pieces and weapons on this Oklahoma offense. Lincoln Riley's going to let him air it out. I absolutely believe this is going to be a huge year for him. And in turn, player of the year for the Big 12 and offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year, I'm going with Mike Rose out of Iowa State. Tackling machine. Really someone that we could have talked about as the top linebacker for the Big 12 when it comes to draft prospect. We could talk about him as, you know, a sleeper as well because maybe he is slept on a little bit, a little underrated at the linebacker spot. Mike Rose is a very nice tackler, but also they drop him out to the slot covered spot so many times that it's quite impressive. Love to see the versatility out of a guy like that, and he's a true leader for this defense. I think he's going to put together a great season and lead Iowa State to the Big 12 championship on the defensive side of things. And I think we will see, you know, a lot of great play from him. Big 12 champion, though, I'm going to Oklahoma. I think they're going to be undefeated. It'll be tough to beat Iowa State twice, so maybe you, we could be looking at a 12-1 and situation. But Oklahoma should be in for a big year. And I, I genuinely think that of all the years Lincoln Riley has been head coach, this is their best chance to be a national champion. For bowl Michael, eligible, to, oh sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just I was just gonna ask you. Do you really? I mean, you're gonna talk about bowl eligible teams here, but are Iowa State and Oklahoma just so far head and shoulders above the rest? I don't think it's necessarily set in stone, but I do think that it's very clear favorites right now. Iowa State is a tremendous team that is filled with guys that are returning back, you know, with vengeance on their minds. And then Oklahoma just has absolute talent that really last year they were super young, finished out the season incredibly well, I think finished up number six in the national polls in terms of rankings. And assuming that they can just keep their head and focus on straight, then they should absolutely be able to run through this season with great results. You know, there's never going to be an easy road in the Big 12, especially with some of these 
uh, road games for Oklahoma that really could result in not the greatest of uh, results just because, you know, there's upsets all the time. And then, you know, you play a team like Texas with Steve Sarkeesian back in the mix for the Longhorns. I think they could absolutely get a potential upset there. But genuinely, I think Oklahoma should be one of the best teams nationally. And Iowa State probably very much a top team in the nation as well and really could, you know, not just win the Big 12, but I think very well could make playoffs. And it's one of those situations where I think the rest of the squads have too much inconsistency or question marks that keep me from being as confident in them. Makes sense. For bowl eligible teams for the Big 12, Oklahoma and Iowa State obviously talked about. I think Iowa State will make a major bowl game while Oklahoma goes off to the playoff. I think Oklahoma State is a team that is going to be in for some big question marks. Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard obviously gone. Now what can Spencer Sanders do with all the weight on his shoulders? Texas, I think, is going to be having a nice year. Obviously, Sam Ellinger is hard to replace, but Casey Thompson looked pretty strong in the bowl game. And assuming that Sarkeesian really does his job well in year one, we could see this Texas team put together a strong season and get into the bowl picture. Kansas State is probably my team for dark horse of the Big 12. I don't think they're going to contend for the title or anything, but I do think that they are going to be a little bit better than expected. Really love what Skylar Thompson does for that team. They went 4-6 and six last season with what was a lot of inexperience at the QB spot, and it held back this team a lot. Obviously, Deuce Vaughn is one of the best college football players out there. Look for Kansas State to put together a strong season and maybe even pull off a little bit of an upset against Iowa State as the season goes along. Texas Tech filled the transfer portal, guys. If it doesn't work out, Matt Adams is someone that I think has his job on the hot seat. Really just a team filled with talent, though. Plenty of potential here for opportunity and just really so much of this Raider Red Raider team is going to depend on that transfer portal. Tyler Shuck at the QB spot. The secondary is pretty much filled with transfer portal guys. The defense has plenty of guys on the transfer portal that are coming in. So Texas Tech really taking full advantage of the transfer portal, but we'll see how it plays out. West Virginia, Jarrett Daigie, Letty Brown. There's plenty of pieces all over this team that I think could potentially get you a strong season. Dante Stills obviously returning for that defensive line spot as well. Look for West Virginia to have a quietly nice season. Neil Brown doing a nice job building a foundation there in Morgantown. And then the last team I'm going with TCU. A lot of times we'll see that six to eight range for the Big 12 in terms of bowl eligible teams. I'm going to go with eight. I think TCU is going to be good enough. I think this entire conference is going to have a strong season in terms of just overall win-loss type of performance. And TCU is a team that I think is going to really capitalize on that. And, you know, I think also – Baylor and Kansas, no offense to them, but will probably be some easy wins, which will help out the rest of the conference kind of be up and, and above to where they're more in the clear to be bowl eligible. And TCU with Max Dugan, some of these other pieces on the team, Oshawn Mathis, uh, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, obviously they have some star pieces that could help them be in for a big year for the Fort Worth squad. <laughs> So, Nick, out of the Big 12 this season, what are some of the biggest things that you want to see from the conference as a whole? Well, I want to see if Kansas can win a game. I, we're stunned 
last year. I mean, I thought they were going to be heading in the right direction here. What do you think of the future of the Kansas football program? It's hard because I feel like there's been so many times where I see a hire by them and I'm like, oh, that should be interesting. I think that'll work out. And it just doesn't. It, it, I don't know if Kansas just has the worst – you know, opportunity for any coach ever, but it just seems like there's so little that you can do as a coach there. There's been coaches brought in that should at least be able to get them to a middling program. And it just doesn't happen. So I don't know what the deal is with the Jayhawks. I don't know what the deal is with the program or organization. Uh, Obviously I'd love to see Kansas good at football. I think any team that's just consistently bad, it'd be fun to watch them kind of rise up from the ashes, but so far from what I've seen and so far from the moves that they have made, I just have little to no faith in Kansas even really just winning a Big 12 game this year. Wow. All right. Texas, I hate the Sarkeesian hire, I think. In three years, we'll be talking about the new Texas head coach. I think it's just a, a bad cycle they're in right now, and I think it's going to continue. Sarkeesian's never shown me anything that has a head coach at a, big, at a power five level that makes me believe that he is going to be able to win, especially in this conference here. And that's a lot of pressure being at Texas. It's a great job, but things are just not clicking over there right now. Uh, as far as my predictions, I'll agree with you, Oklahoma and Iowa State as the uh, top seeds in the playoff, the championship game for the Big 12. I think we will go into this game where Iowa State is undefeated. I think Oklahoma will have that one loss to Iowa State. And then I think in the championship game there, Oklahoma gets the better of them. They get they they, they both go 12 and 1. Um but because of the way the college football playoff is built, whoever wins last is the winner. So Oklahoma would then have a chance to be in the college football playoff depending on how everything else shakes out. Yeah, I think that first game is going to be absolutely huge and almost put a worse chance on the team who wins that November matchup to win again Mm. in the big 12, because these are two very talented teams and a loss to start out would probably just put a major chip on their shoulder rather than kill all confidence. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that first matchup and how much that has impact on the big 12 championship. If things play out like that. Yeah, I think that's that's going to come out. You know, we've seen this scenario play out before in many conferences, so uh, I think that's that's going to happen. And obviously, the Big Twelve is unique as there's no divisions; it's just the top two teams in the championship game. Absolutely, and you know, we're going to talk about a little bit more here just right now. Big Twelve has been a conference rumored for expansion for quite some time. You know, ten teams in the Big Twelve just doesn't work; doesn't make sense. Do you think that we could see some added teams to the Big 12 Conference in the coming, we'll say, five years? Do you think we'll see some added teams in those next five years, or do you think it just stays with what it's at right now? What do you think, BYU and Cincinnati? I was thinking Cincinnati and then maybe Houston, Memphis, someone someone like that. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer for expansion is always yes, because it's more money for these conferences with TV deals, so – at a certain point, though, I mean, we got to just figure out, figure out this whole college football as a whole because it's just like everybody is just going to be in these conferences. Um, 
it's going to be too much at some point. But yeah, I think they're going to look to expand. They're always looking to expand. Um, Houston makes sense geographically. Uh, Cincinnati, they deserve to be in a conference. So geographically, I don't know if that really makes sense for them, but they're going to take anything they can get as far as getting into a power five. Yeah, I think uh, personally, I'd like to see Nebraska join the Big 12 again and then Cincinnati go to the Big 10. I feel like that'd be fun to see. Uh, I didn't love Nebraska going to the Big 10. I thought the Nebraska-Texas rivalry was always one of the better ones in college football. Um, You know, Missouri, I kind of understood just because getting to the SEC is big for them. Location-wise, I feel like they'd almost be a Big 10 team, though. So, I don't know. There's been talks about Tulane being a sleeper team for the Big 12 because of that Louisiana area that they could kind of tap into and compete with the SEC for recruiting with a potential major program there if Tulane is able to build up as well as they would hope for being right there in New Orleans. Um, You know, plenty of options on the table. You talked about BYU, especially with the uh, proposed changes coming to the playoff system where independent teams wouldn't be able to get a top four seed. We could see less and less independence and, while BYU maybe isn't the most dominant program outside of, you know, the Zach Wilson and, you know, a couple of Taysom Hill years, they're still a very strong college football program. And I think they could be enticed by the big 12. We'll see right. what happens though. Yeah. Just I really want to, I really want to see what happens with Notre Dame because are they going to finally say, all right, we're going to join the ACC because we don't want to get a five seed. I mean, yeah, I mean, but you know what, if they're getting a five seed, maybe they have an advantage some years if they're undefeated and they're going to play the Pac-12 winner who has, you know, two losses. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting there to see how that, that works out. Um, and the only other team I'm really, you know, thinking about as far as expansion, but it really doesn't make sense, would be Coastal Carolina, who has in the last six years become a really good football program. Um, but, yeah, the the ACC is never going to let them in just because of the fact that they're not a big basketball school. Yeah, I think uh, I think Memphis is another team that could potentially be talked about for expansion just because Memphis is obviously a big city with plenty of potential for marketing, but also the basketball intrigue with what they've done just in recent years already and just the history that's there yeah, for the Memphis hard Tigers. You know, a Big 12 obviously has Kansas and Texas that are great basketball schools. Texas Tech put together some great seasons recently. They could look into that. The SEC, maybe if a team got poached, if Missouri were to head back to the Big 10 or Big, or I mean the Big 12 or join the Big 10 or something, maybe we could see Memphis get picked up there to add to the basketball strengths. But it would be certainly interesting to see some of the expansion possible in college football and For the Big 12, I I do hope that they add some more schools just because it's fun to see. Do you you think we are close to having this whole conference system be blown up? And by that, now I mean we get the Super League where you got USC, you got Alabama, Clemson, you know, Ohio State. The big powers come together and say, we're going to have our own division here. We're going to have to pay the players, but we're going to make some money. I don't know if that'll ever happen. I think we'll see some paid players eventually. I think within three, five years, that should definitely be something that's going on. But I think conferences will stay. I do think conference championships will come to an end uh, pretty shortly with the playoff picture. It almost just hurts the conferences if they are having 12 teams in the playoff picture and they're saying, okay, 
you know, Oklahoma, Iowa State face off when you guys are both uh, 11 and one, and then one goes 10, uh, 11 and two, and then they're kind of looked at lower. And right. while it helps for maybe in Oklahoma to really prove themselves, you're also missing out on a team potentially missing right. out playoffs entirely. Yeah, so, it hurts. An AC, it hurts the ACC schools because if yeah. Clemson's undefeated and then you know North Carolina's undefeated, or you know they didn't, or they didn't play each other or something, Miami, then it's like, all right, we have two undefeated teams. You know, we're going to get two bids in the playoff. But if they're playing each other in our own conference championship game, maybe that knocks one of that. Yeah. And most likely, you know, with like one loss teams, it wouldn't happen. But if, if there's a team that makes it to the championship and they're 10 and two, and then they get washed by Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, whatever, then they're just not going to be looked at in the same light by the committee. They'll be easily passed over and we could see them miss out on playoffs. So I think conference championships are numbered in terms of how many years are left of them, but it's something to enjoy right now while it's happening because it'll be around until the playoffs expand again. What would you think if at some point we get, um, you know, conferences joining up um, to kind of, you know, like we saw everyone took over the Big East, but, you know, there's always to talk about, okay, maybe the the Big 12 will get absorbed by the Pac-12 and some teams will go to the SEC. Do Do you see us you know, we're always talking about we're talking about expansion here, but we you see any decrease in the number of the the power conferences at any point? It's hard to say. Um, personally, I don't see it happening. But I mean, I didn't see the Big Twelve almost falling apart when it did back. I mean, now it's probably been like ten years or something, but feels like just yesterday where everything just kind of fell apart randomly, and everyone was like, "Oh goodness, the Big Twelve is done for." And they were able to survive. They were able to make it through, but. It just seemed a little crazy, so it's hard to really say. I, I don't keep a huge eye on like the the business side of things for this conference, so maybe you know people who cl- keep a closer eye on that would be able to speak further on it. But personally, I think the Big Twelve is here to stay, and the Power Five conferences should be sticking around at least for a while. Now, the only school I want to mention real quick that I think needs to be a Power Five school has got to be Boise State. Long overdue. Somebody, you know, Pac twelve. Come on, Big 12, somebody. Get Boise State in your conference. Yeah, absolutely. I think Boise State has a long tenured history of proving that they are worth it. But we got to get out of here. That's all we got for you here on Destination Draft Day. Thank you to everyone in the comment section. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. And thank you to LandryFootball.com for the platform to talk about all things NFL Draft. We will see you guys on Friday where we talk about the Pac-12 But until then, take care.